Spinjarama. Spinjarama. Hello, Weirdsville. It's not what's your weird story this week. I am still, however, one of your hosts, Adam Beebe. With me is your other regular host, Mr. Barry Johnston. Hello, Barry. Hello, sir. How are you? I am. I'm doing pretty good, my friend. And you? Doing good. Very well. It's finally starting to cool off here. It was weird because we, yeah, we, the whole year, of course, has been strange, but uh, we held on to our high digits here until mid, mid-October or so. So it's now starting to cool off, which is nice. We uh, had some storms blow through, and now we're kind of sitting in the mid-70s, which is really nice this time of year. That is. That's about right. It's what it should be Yeah. for the fall. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you? How, how's the weather out your way? It's, uh, you know, it's cooling down again. It's not quite gotten to the, I, you know, the regular fall. I think we've been in the 80s and, and lower 80s, maybe some upper 70s. Yeah. But overall, pretty, pretty good. So good. Good. But uh, if you were, if you guys were listening at the beginning of the show, and you probably heard the intro music. Uh, uh, of a different show pop up. Uh, that's because this week uh, Barry's going to be out of town on vacation with his lovely wife. And so, what we're going to do is play basically uh, the unaired first episode of what was to be our music show, Spin Jammerama. Yeah. It's. Uh with some old friends and uh we really had a great time uh the future islands are uh our first guest and you know our history goes not just your history but also my history too as uh, folks may not know that um i'm a recording engineer and uh, you were a part of art lord and the self-portraits and we made a record together gosh when was that man 2003 i think three okay yeah. Wow. Amazing. But yeah, so it was great to catch up with the guys. And, uh, you know, I was listening back through the interview because we did it a little while ago. And uh, mm-hmm. just uh, I'm just struck how even though you don't see somebody for a really long time, when you spend that kind of time with people and you make a record, it's very intimate. And you kind of get back to that place mm-hmm. quickly. You know, a friend of yours is a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah this was a lot of fun. And um as I said, this was it never came to fruition as Spin Jammerama. We had great ambition, but um, just unfortunately, you know, life gets in the way sometimes of your side projects. And we wanted to keep our main focus, which is, of course, what's your weird story? We want to keep that coming out every week. But we have been sitting on this a while, and we were just trying to figure out, you know, when what we could do with it or we didn't know. And I happened to go and see, for my first concert this year, uh, Future Islands play here in Cincinnati. I got to hang out with the boys and uh, spend some time with them and then uh, got to go inside and watch them play. I had to get COVID tested. Um, which 
I didn't realize I was going to have to do. I you, the day before Cincinnati announced that everybody had to provide their uh, vaccination proof or get COVID tested to enter the shows. Yeah. And uh, I did not know that the band didn't know that. So they didn't tell me. So I didn't bring my, you know, my vaccination records with me to the show. And uh, I was able to uh, get tested and uh, came up, you know, negative, which was good. So I got in and hung out and uh, watched the band. And play, and even got to hang out a little bit with a another one of our old friends. Uh, 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 BDC is his name, or that's what he goes by. He, he was he's the lead singer of the band Lonnie Walker, and he is one of our old Greenville friends. And before for 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 William, but uh, yeah, it was really cool just to you know get to spend time with my guys, and then listen to them put on a, an incredible show and they just finished up their year their uh american north america tour american tour and they'll be going to europe in the spring so if you are one of our overseas listeners go check out one of their shows they're playing all over yeah for, i think they're going to be there for like almost three months yeah it's a long time yeah. but uh they put on a great show yeah. and they're always fun and if yeah. you haven't listened to future islands go give them a listen they're on spotify and, you know everywhere so absolutely man without yeah. further ado let's 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 Get to it. Uh, not what's your weird story? What's your spin story? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us today, we are very um, uh, humbled and very uh, uh, honored and um, indebted uh, to uh, the uh, world's biggest band, second biggest band, um, uh, Future Islands who uh, I've never heard of or met before. Uh, <laughs> of course, anybody who's listened to our uh, podcast or knows me or whatever uh, knows actually that I, I go, I go way back with these boys uh, and I still call them the boys um, from, you know, back in uh, 2003, whenever they were still boys, um, <laughs> young men, young boys, they were teenagers at least on the cusp of manhood <laughs> Um, I remember William's voice changing and he's like, baby, I've got hair down there. Anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry. Kind of went off on a tangent. Uh, today we're joined by future. <laughs> today we're joined by future islands. Uh, every, uh, good friends of ours. And, um, um, they are, if you uh, don't know, uh, I'll introduce you. Uh, so we've got, first we got, uh, Mike Lowry on drums. Hey. Yeah, so that's Mike. So you know Mike his waved. voice. I say, I, what's that? Mike waved. I was just uh, telling you. Okay, yes, Mike waved. That's <laughs> Sam. Sam speaking now. Hello. Um, uh, who's on the 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 um, harmonica and uh, yeah. banjo. And, uh, and uh, at the same time, he's got a kind of a Bob Dylan thing going on. That's Sam. He's lead singer. Uh, we have William Cashin. He's the uh, bass player and uh, all around. Um, he also maintains the group Aquarium. And we have Garrett on the keys and uh, all sorts of other stuff. And everybody does all sorts of other stuff. So, so yeah, so I've known these guys for 
uh, a while. They uh, we were in a uh, a band together way back in their college days, and uh, I've known Mike uh, from when I worked at the record store before I knew uh, the band. Uh, Barry, and that's you know, I've kind of a interesting side note. That's cool. There, Did you know that, Mike. <laughs> I I didn't remember that. Yeah, but we discussed, I I, but I don't remember a lot from <laughs> from nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we put together that. I guess I should say we put together that. There's a high likelihood that we knew each other back then, uh, being that you know. There, 1999, 2000. I my memory is particularly hazy for uh, most of my twenties. Anyway, so so yeah, so it's, it's, we probably, I'm sure we did. But um, so anyway, thank you all for joining us. It's good yeah, to see your faces. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, great to Thanks. see everybody, man. We were just talking a little bit off air that uh, it's been uh, 17 years, I think, since I saw you guys last. Which was yeah, what's well, crazy? So yeah, so for the for the audience, BB, we were me and Garrett and William were in a band with BB and our friend Kimi Nawabi, um, and then Barry because of BB, Barry recorded our first <laughs> album that crazy. we ever made, which is which, crazy as which Art Lord yeah. self-portraits. yeah, yes. Art Lord which was it was quick, right? It was like three or four days or something. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. yeah we right in the back of your pickup truck. To there. Yeah. Am, oh yeah. Do you remember? Do you guys remember? I was stoned. I t- a lot, so. Okay. Well, I took you. I took you guys. We 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 showed up the studio one day, and we get out of my truck, and somebody passed us in a Jeep Cherokee that sprayed something on me. Do you remember that? And I just left you guys there. I'm like, I'm fucking getting these guys. I jumped back in my truck and I took off. I left you guys sitting out on the street. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And I ended up finding them in a Kmart parking lot, man. <laughs> just a bunch of kids and they're fucking around. They put their windshield wiper fluid uh, things to the outside and were spraying people. They were just running, you know, drive by spray. And uh, that's, that's the one thing trip. I remember. <laughs> that's the one thing I remember from that, that whole session, I think. What, the most. What was that? studio was the studio in milwaukee or was it in Madison? yeah it was it was um it milwaukee. was right outside milwaukee in um oh gosh what is the uh oh the town is uh i'll have to think of it and, uh, but and it's, you, yeah it's, it's right there you lived in milwaukee yeah i lived in milwaukee. In, in my memory there's like some madison connection maybe we just went to madison Did yeah we to madison? yeah you might is have that where that record store was we went to <clears throat> I just saw that amazing record store we went yeah. to that had stacks and stacks. Yeah. Where I got my like, first psychedelic first yeah. record. That's yeah, that's where uh, I got uh, that. Uh, Gary that I got some Gary Newman. I got a ton of stuff there. I got that fad gadget that uh, Garrett uh, discovered, yeah. and we went back and got it. And uh, I, 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 I you kicked shows on the way out there, didn't you? Too or no? Well, we were supposed to play. <laughs> we we, we played one show at. The record store. We played uh, School right. Kids Records. Record. Yeah, and yeah, then we, we played, drove uh, through the night the, after that. We played the Record Exchange in Raleigh. Record Exchange. And yeah, and we I, drove I, I, I had played there like a bunch in high school, and it was like, I know this record store in Raleigh that'll let us play. <laughs> let me call this record store up. And they, I think it was like the same people who worked there, and they... Yeah, let us play. So we went, we played there, and I think I think my parents came. And okay, mm-hmm. we're off mm-hmm. to play, we're off to record our debut record. <laughs> <laughs> and then we it drove was, through the night. Yeah, yeah we drove funny. drove through the night and got there sometime in like the afternoon, I think, and and like uh, yeah. Um, 
we yeah we we, and we, ha- we stayed with Barry and his and his family there and uh, we drank beers out in the garage and yeah um, yeah William went through all of the garage sale stuff that's right remember tables. that the, yep and, uh, <laughs> that's right we, I forgot about that yeah we, right. we, I remember the garage sale now. Uh, we yeah. went to uh, that awesome record store, and then I, uh, I, uh, and I, I'm publicly doing this, so it's officially on the record that uh, I accidentally kicked William in the balls um, at the record store. And, Are you apologizing on the record right now? Yeah, yes, yes, uh, for publicly. Uh, <laughs> I've I apologized to him before, but I want to oh, okay. publicly do this. Um, <laughs> I meant to kick him. I just didn't mean to, mean to kick him in the balls. So, you oh, know, man. so yeah, because uh, it was not, okay. he was, ha- he was, uh, he was mad at me for a while about Was this. it from the front or the back? Uh, it was kind of from the side. So like, I kind of like front. Yeah, I got him in the front. <laughs> I got him in the front. So, oh my so God. obviously William still vividly I, remembers that. I couldn't remember if it was a kick or if it was like a, a hand but I guess it was a kick. I think it was kind of like, it wasn't like a hard kick, but it was a little bit of a kick. Yeah. So. But like we, we were getting all these records cause we were at this record store for people that weren't there. We were at this record store that had like a small selection up front. And then there was a, like a, there was a back room and the back room. And my, my memory was like the size of a warehouse. And they had like, they would have like, you know, five to 10 copies of every Bowie album and everything. Yeah. Every cure yeah. album. And it was just all used, all used vinyl. And we just got huge stacks yeah. of yeah. records that we bought. And, and, and they, they, they hadn't seen like a, they, for BB was getting some kind of, they, they made some mistake and they weren't charging him for some of the records. And mm. I was like, what about those records? And uh, I just called them out. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and that's and, how I got kicked in the yeah. balls. Yeah, yeah. I think well, what he was doing is he was charging me the uh, like instead of a dollar, he like used or two dollars, he charged me like fifty cents or something like that. And obviously, in hindsight, you know, um, you were right to uh, to call me out so that this bit small business could benefit from uh, my purchases. But uh, at the same time, you know. I was like, you know, and uh, I was like, <laughs> trying to save some money here. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, so I kind of kicked at you and meaning um, more kind of like a dude nudge, you know, um, but instead I, uh, I kicked you in the balls. And so, uh, totally so yeah, so. And then mo- most of the time that we were in the studio was at night. Right, Barry. Were we mostly like yeah. after hours? Yeah, in yeah the that's studio? right. Yeah, that's right. And we were in West Allis uh, at a studio there called Axis Recording, which I couldn't remember where we did it because there was a couple of spots that I would record at, but that was where we were at. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's crazy, man. Crazy how time flies. And, and, uh, and for, for for anyone listening, the the record is called "Searching for a Compliment." Yes. Um. Uh. And it, it's out there. There's CDRs of it. Nice. Um, floating around and uh yeah think, that's awesome i think most of if not all of the tracks are on or at least a good sample of the tracks are on the definitive collection yeah, yeah. and it comes with a download of everything we ever did yeah, yeah. nice so. nice well it's been great watching you guys just sort of flourish and become what you guys have become um you know um it's it's just it's it's so great to see uh, success happen for friends yeah. and uh, couldn't be happier for you guys. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, so after, 
after Art Lord ended in 2005, Future Islands uh, rose from the ashes like a phoenix. And uh, <laughs> a drunk phoenix. A drunken phoenix. <laughs> and then uh, moved to Baltimore. And then uh, uh, you lost a drummer. And then you picked up a drummer. And then you uh, some made some records and you played some shows. And then you were on... Um, David Letterman, which pretty much everybody knows, that's kind of like your breakthrough. And Sam became a uh, viral uh, internet a meme. meme. I'm, in, I'm in your Giphy. If you if you have an iPhone, I'm in your Giphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah which is just great. crazy. So, and then uh, this, so that was and singles was a you know kind of a breakthrough album. I guess you know outside of just being indie darlings, it was kind of the breakthrough album. And um, seasons waiting on you is like everybody loves it because it's a great and you know powerful song. It's a it's a banger, uh, a bop. It's uh, you know whatever the kids are calling it this week. Um, but uh, and there's like forty two million different covers of it on the on YouTube. Well, um, we found this amazing cover of Varan the other day. This Russian guy playing it. Oh, really? I have to check. I, I always uh, get on in there. it goes. Nobody sees me. I was like, what? That's all. I love seeing covers. Yeah, I do too, dude. I like getting on there and uh, checking out all the different covers. And there's some people who have done some really cool, interesting things with uh, with it. So uh with your your songs and not just seasons uh but uh a lot of stuff so that's it's pretty cool but uh so yeah so now it is uh 2020 and uh still surprisingly a busy year for you guys you just dropped your uh newest album um as long as you are and uh it's it's uh it's awesome um i'm just you. you know Thanks. i may be moderately biased but at the same time um it's it's a it's really good it's a really good record and it's got a lot of really uh fantastic tracks on it um probably my current favorite is um is for sure um it's a super powerful song so Indeed, indeed. It's a pop. And uh and a worthy uh single and just you know and good stuff. So yeah, so like so now you've been um that was a couple of weeks ago, uh as of when we're recording this. So you've been promoting and talking, I'm sure, ad nauseum uh with interviews and stuff like that. So um yeah, man. I mean you guys have you've been more more TV appearances and all sorts of stuff. Um we just made our daytime television debut on Ellen. That was exciting. Nice. Oh, dude. How was that? We we filmed it uh, in in this uh, like old historic um, building in in Maryland, like in outside of Baltimore. This town called Savage, Maryland. Um, the label uh, found it, and they they had they sent a, had a film crew, and they 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 filmed the whole session. We did the NPR Tiny Desk concert there too. That oh, is nice. not that hasn't come out yet, but okay. we you nice. know we did a, we did a costume change between Ellen and the Tiny Desk, like you do. Yeah, yeah, like you do. Right. And so That's the label awesome. the label is 480, <laughs> uh, 480. which is 480. Yeah, really, it's it's really cool, man. Because 480 has put out a lot of good bands, a lot of good music. 
and so that's just i don't know it's super cool that you guys are uh are you know on that label just you know as a as the music nerd uh side yeah of it was crazy when we signed to them because it was never even really a thought you know you don't think about like oh maybe we can be a part of that history <laughs> and we're like yeah. for real they're they are into us that's crazy so yeah, yeah it's cool to be a part of that history that's awesome. What's they it like to really solid, solid team? Good, good people. Nice. Think, yeah. What What's it like to release a record in in this current uh, state of things? A little You're bit different. At it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting, sitting a lot of this type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> sitting yeah. Garrett's hanging out on a black hole sun over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's just weird. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be, I don't know, a month into touring right now. We're supposed sure. to be, you know, doing stuff. We're just, I mean, we have you, the, all the press. We've been doing a ton of press and it's really the only way to promote the record. So we're doing that. And, and I mean, sure. the, a big part of the process, I think, of making this record, though, too, was was like rediscovering each other and rediscovering our instruments and, sure. and a lot of the things because we felt kind of lost after we made the Farfield. Um, and uh, and yeah, part of that was like trying to be more responsible in the songwriting process, but also in the recording process, like sure. becoming, becoming like co-producers, um, mm, you know, sure. being heavy handed in the mixing, I think it all added to us, you know, communicating more clearly, but also like from, from the get go. But it, it, I found that by the end of the process, we were in such a much clearer place of communication and like picking out track listing, picking out album art, like picking yeah. out song titles, like everything just went so much smoother. Do you guys agree with that? <laughs> it was actually yeah. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what like what just is, like there were there were things that in the past would just it would be like every decision would be like could be like climbing a mountain you know trying to get to the other side of it you know sure. um like stuff like album titles and uh album art specifically is what i'm referring to and it just it wasn't like that this this time it was a lot easier just the whole process was was yeah I think the communication and the trust, the trust, uh, you know, trusting each other and sure. being like, you know, you, you, you guys think this is good. I think this is good. Like, let's go for it. You know? Yeah. Cause but, uh, but it, it, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping that I, I think that we're, we're hoping that this, that we're, that our album is still getting, finding its way out there. The only, we, we like promote our music and, and get it out there like the old fashioned way, just getting on the road and touring. Mm -hmm. And because we can't do that at all, we're, we're, it's cool to see that it's, it is still finding its way out there mm -hmm. into the world. And it's, and it's giving us, we're, we're focusing more on press than we would be. If we, if we were on tour at this point, we'd be like, you know, press would be like if we could fit it in and, and, mm -hmm. it, and it wouldn't be um, the main focus. And right now we're really focusing on doing as much press as we can. And I, I think it's, it's helping. It's, it's kind of eye opening, and maybe, you know, maybe moving forward after the pandemic, we don't have to tour as long and as hard as we have, you know, in the past. I mean, if we did half the touring we do, we would still be one of the harder touring bands that tours. There's <laughs> like, yeah. there's bands that don't really even tour, and mm -hmm. we, we, we really hit it hard when we're on the road. So, I mean, I, I mean, I was talking with this to the guys uh, throughout 
touring the far field about just trying to take a step back a little bit. Cause I mean, if we go from playing 150 shows a year to playing a hundred, then that's not, that's still a hundred shows. Yeah. And then we can write more, create more. Yeah. Cause yeah, I think, I think just getting older, um, my body doesn't bounce back <laughs> from, you know, the, the, the stage performance and that kind of stuff. Like none of, you know, touring is just harder sleeping yeah. on bus. Sure. And trying to like, keep your, keep your, your diet right. Or your mind right. And mm-hmm. these kinds of things. So, so I think finding, yeah, all of this, you know, I think all culminating in this record is, is like re reestablishing like friendships, connections, artistry, and also like uh, communication, but also like finding, because it's like finding balance as you're like growing up, we're like growing up. We're not, yeah. we're not just like young dudes drunk in a van, you know, we have like sure. responsibilities and, and taking, like, I found the big thing was like, the anxiety that I would feel in giving away responsibility to like, could you do this thing? Cause I don't feel like doing it is now it gives me less. I found like through this process of making this record, like I had less anxiety just doing the work <laughs> and making my own decisions mm-hmm. instead of like forcing it off on someone else. And then worrying like if they're going to make a decision I don't like for mm-hmm. me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like taking responsibility, I think is, is a big thing. Sure. So that's like, yeah, just trying to find any way to, to have somebody listen to this record uh yeah (laughs) can we can we talk a little bit because i'm i'm a studio guy you know um can we talk a little bit about what is the process for making a record like this um is there a lot of bouncing files back and forth is that how things are done um you know I, i know that you know, with, with the situation that everybody's been in, it's been a little bit, you know, odd to try to get together. So. Yeah. There are a lot of files bouncing back and forth. Yeah. It, uh, it starts off with, um, you know, uh, just, we'll, we'll like the songs kind of come from all different angles, like either all of us jamming or individually we'll bring an idea to the other guys in the band and kind of build it from there. Um, but once we have the demos, we'll, uh, we'll try to, we'll, for this record, we had some demos we, and we booked some studio time last January and we just, um, we just went in there and started, you know, we'll get all the separated tracks like Garrett, will, Garrett will separate all of his tracks out and, um, and I'll bounce any stems from like uh, the, from the demo, like that I don't want to record in the studio. Like maybe I'll get some guitar sound that I really like in my home setup. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of, we've been, we try to do the bass and drums together if we can, like mm-hmm. not every song is like that, but sure. on the far field, every song is like that. Every song on our last record was bass and drums were the first thing we tracked and we did them all live to tape. Um, but then this record is a lot more like, you know, some, some, some live, some more you know, drums came first or bass came first and vice right. versa. Um, but, and it was, we really like took our time with this one. A big thing was like, like not having deadlines looming and letting the album kind of, uh, present itself to us over mm-hmm. time. Like, and, you know, so like we, we, we booked a couple weeks in the studio, we would take like a month or two off and then we would, um, you know, Sam would go to Sweden for a few months. He'd come back. We'd go back in the studio. And in that time in between, we'd, we'd, li- we'd listen to the recordings. Um, 
think about what, what could be better, like the strengths and weaknesses, what we want to change, or, or if there's any ideas we want to try on the song. Right. And then we would go back in the studio and just try things, you know, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't work, if you, you know, the ideas you try, but it, sure. it's good for us just to, to, to know that we explored within the song and experimented and kind of got out of our comfort zone a little bit. That was something that we just talked about going into this record, something that we wanted to do. Um, and you know, there's songs that, and at, at, towards the end of the process, we, you know, we recorded uh, a lot of songs. I'm not sure the total amount, but we sat down and kind of went through each song that we had written, um, and recorded with, uh, with Steve Wright. He was the, he co-produced it with us. Um, and, and, um, we just, we were like, you know, this one should be on the album. This one, I don't think this one's on the album. And we kind of just had a discussion amongst everybody about, which ones were album songs. And through that, we, we really narrowed it down to basically what we thought the album was going to be. Um, sure. uh, one, one song, uh, the song waking almost didn't make it on the album. Oh, really? uh, but towards the very end, we, 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 we'd already decided the sequence and the track order and uh, Simon, who's the head of 4AD, he had seen us. We did, we did a little road testing tour last september um i guess that that's also part of the process we like we did a bunch of recording you know throughout the year and then last september we did like a short like one week tour where we played mostly all the new stuff to see how it felt and see what what was lacking sometimes the playing it in front of people helps us see you know what we need to change sure um or yeah what could be better or um for like you know uh like the it will, the first time we played seasons we all thought it was a hit but it revealed to us that the chorus needed to be bigger when we recorded it. So like uh, the originally, the originally the chorus wasn't fuzzed out and like, you know, like, like it is now. Um, so anyway, we went back in the studio and Simon had seen us on that tour and he, he loved that song then. And then he, he felt pretty strongly that we should include that song. He thought it was a mistake to leave it off of the album. So instead of kicking, kicking another song off, we just decided to squeeze it in and, make one side of the record longer well, than it was. Sure. But I think, I think he made the right call because that song seems to really be uh, resonating. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that because that definitely is, it's a, that's a powerful song, powerful song. And um, which the whole, in general, the whole of the album is very, uh, the songs are very, very powerful and they're always, you're all always very, um, personal and um, you know, but these are these seem to have a lot more. Um, a lot there's a lot of openness with these, and there's a lot of confessional kind of things, but there's also a lot of really reflective, um, you know, approach for the lyrically. Um, and I think that that um, adding the waking along with it, it seems a very it seems a very 2020 song, if that makes any sense. That you was know? actually that was my fear in including it, <laughs> but I don't think that's a bad I, thing. I, like, I think it's too on the nose. And then I guess Simon kind of gave us the out because it was like, well, Simon says, and you know, and when Simon says you do, I mean that everybody and if knows. People that. don't like it, then we'll just blame it on him, <laughs> right? Well, it's yeah. funny because I think a lot of people don't understand that when you're oftentimes when you're writing something and you're so close to something, it's difficult to see the value in it. You know. That's true. And oftentimes, you know, you can overlook something because you know where it's coming from and that can cloud sort of that that vision, which 
which I, I understand what, what William's saying there, playing it in front of people lets you sort of understand how that's hitting people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something yeah, the that crowd, the crowd tells you if it's missing something, right. <laughs> right. You start to see them like their eyes wandering or it just gets, you feel the vacuum like stuck right <laughs> in the room. You're like, sure. but this is a good chorus, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like we did, we, t- the, the far field was the most like, like we did a tour, a secret tour and did like 15 songs. And I think we picked from that. Didn't we kind of like did that tour and then picked what worked. Uh, although I think, I guess, no, I, I probably screwed that up. I, I didn't, I didn't let a banger be on that album either. I screwed up anyways. Which one, which one, do you th- which one do you think you took off? I mean, you said six well, weeks. angels. We didn't put angels on there. Calliope. Oh yeah. Calliope. And then there's a. Uh, and my, my favorite song that we wrote didn't make the album either. Yeah, it's on the Japanese. Uh, it's the bonus track on the Japanese version of the CD. It's called um, Six it's called, Week. It's called Six Weeks with an <laughs> S at the end. But the they they made a typo on the on the CD and it says Six Week. <laughs> so people, I, you know, I've seen people be like, it's called like Sam sings Six Weeks, but it says Six Week. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to fix that. It sounds like Arthur Russell singing uh, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's really dope. Wow. That's a cool yeah. song. Yeah. It's a really cool song. Speaking of Japanese bonus tracks, I'm pretty pumped on the one that we put on As Long As You Are. It's, it's a song called Days. Um, it's, just, it's like a jammer, like a total like dancey. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? I like the I liked I just really liked William's segue there to um Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Japanese well, right. Speaking, oh, you're right. <laughs> I really like the uh, one for this one that we just put out on our album as long as <laughs> He's in press mode, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we're, 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 I just this I just want to highlight that because I think some people know about that song. Yeah, Some people just don't know about that song, you know. Yeah. So I, I just want to highlight it. Like, there's, there's a cool song out there that is there to be found. And so the reason, um, if I recall correctly from my record store days, that the reason that there's always an extra track or two, there's bonus material on the Japanese versions, is that is because it's actually cheaper for them to buy the import right than it is for their domestic. And so they put extra on there so that they want, so that people will pay for the domestic product rather than the import. Is that correct? Or did I dream that? Or do you have any idea? You probably know better than us. I have no idea. Actually, honestly, yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I think that's what it was, but I, cause it gives them more incentive to pay like three or four or whatever thousand yen. I don't know. Um, but for more, I think that's, I want to say that's what it is. I know. Um, but it's always cool to find like it's all it's always cool to find like the Japanese versions of albums because yeah. they do have like the bonus material that the the I guess would it be a J side since it's in Japan it's not really a B side <laughs> like, or anything like I that. I like that. What the hell, J side. <laughs> J sides with future islands. That's maybe like after we put out enough albums, we can just have a, a J sides. There you go. Compilation. There you go. There you go. That's and with you have to put a new J side on the J sides compilation to get yeah. it 
in well, Japan. There you exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like holding a mirror up and like looking at yourself, looking in the mirror. <laughs> Infinite J's, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we um, just invented a new thing. I think so. Wow. It's all happening. Everything, man. 2020, man. It's a crazy wild ride, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my it is. Who, who mixed the record? Did Steve mix the record? Yeah, Steve, Steve mixed it. So the original idea was just to, was to create a record in Baltimore on our own time. We would, we would get a real engineer, do it at a real studio, and then, and then we would try to mix it the best we could and then send it to somebody. And then by the time it got time to send it to somebody, we're like, but this sounds pretty good. And it was like, well, let's at least we we've given ourselves all of this time. Let's at least do the thing we said we were going to do. So we took the first single for sure, uh, which was, you know, the label decided they wanted the first single. Um, and we sent it out to seven or eight producers and they all did uh, test mixes mm -hmm. just to see what, you know, and it was like, we gave them no notes. We gave them the mix that we made. And we're like, do what you want to do. And of course, we also didn't give them notes back on their mix. And so I think we actually burned <laughs> seven or eight bridges, honestly. <laughs> I think I think one of them is intact. But uh, uh, can I talk about that, that one, William? You can, William about, you can talk about yeah, any of them. Yeah, so we, we got Fridman to do a mix. And, and William, William went up there with Steve. And William was, you know, really excited to meet uh meet Dave Fridman. And, uh, and so they worked with him and, uh, in the end, and then Fridman's was one of the better mixes. Um, it sounded really cool, but, but we found like with, with all the mixes we got, some of them were, were pretty good. Some of them were a little off and some of them were just kind of, you know, whatever, but we just, we still felt like ours was, it felt like the best. And apparently Dave called Steve back in Baltimore at his studio and we're like, you know, is there anything else I can do? It was like, no, that's pretty much it. And then he was like, like, why aren't the guys just using your mix? And Steve was like, well, I, I mean, we're, this is just part of their process. They're trying to see what people can do. And he's like, cause you're, I mean, your mix sounds amazing. I don't know why. And of course, Steve is like, I'm coming. Dave Fredman for anybody who's not yeah. familiar with the name um, is like, he's a, you know, superstar as far as production and 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 all yeah. of that stuff he's most associated with like the flaming lips and mercury rev as far and by has been working with them basically and is a kind of like a unnamed member of each of those bands for and has been working with each of those probably since the 90s if not uh, yeah probably since the 90s so he's like well established and like well regarded in yeah. the industry like he's yeah. really he, he's really he's real good no but it but it did like it it made us it was good we did that because if we hadn't then we would have been like maybe maybe we're making a mistake but we, mm -hmm. we tried it we we saw what you know kind of uh, some other people's sensibilities who are like known and because steve is steve has been doing this forever too and he has a amazing beautiful studio and it's like it's like his living room. Like he's been there for 20 plus years. Right. So so fast, like working with him is he immediately, you know, you do a take and he punches some quick like effects just so you can hear what you did. And you're like, wow, that sounds great. 
And then he kind of tricks you. And so before he has to do the hard work, um, but a lot of times like you're mixing a record and you work for a week and you listen to the rough mix you hear back at the end of the week and you're like, this sounds horrible. And your producer says, well, I haven't done any of the work yet. You know, I have to right. go and do, do the mix. I haven't mixed it, but Steve was very good about letting us hear our ideas really quickly and moving forward. But so after doing the test mixes, we went back and we're like, Steve, we want to do it with you. And he's like, awesome, let's do it. And, and it gave us the confidence that we, it, it, gave, yeah, it gave us the confidence we needed to, to finish the record with Steve and feel like, oh, we are on the right track. Like, you know, yeah. here's our mix. Here's eight mixes. Our, sure. our mix feels the strongest. We, we can keep going. That's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of times too, when you, when you go with an outside guy, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to get um, adjustments made, you know, like you would mm -hmm. in, in a situation where the guy you're working with is doing the work. You know, I, I know that yeah. there's guys out there that's like, okay, yeah, I'll work on your shit. But the deal is, is like you get one redo. Right. You know, you get one, one, one attempt at fixing it and then, and then that's it, you know? So a lot of times it's nice to be able to work with somebody that you're close with, you know, so that they're not losing it, the idea, you know, cause things go missing and, uh, you know, different dudes have different takes on stuff. So I think, I think yeah. that's, that says a lot about Steve and, and what he could do. Yeah. And I mean, he, he'll be like, <laughs> Well, I'm going to be working till 6 a.m. So if you need to right. drop by and do right. something. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of cool. You know, it's not yeah. like uh, we were so limited with the far field just because we, I mean, we did it out in LA with the mm -hmm. person who like, we thought we were going to be doing it in Texas and then he was just moving to LA. So, so it was really like, we couldn't, you know, fly back over and fix the thing or, you know, yeah. just like tight scheduling and all this yeah. stuff. So with Steve was just so open, like, Hey, can I come in? Can you fit me in in a day next week? Give us a day. And, you know, he reworked some things, but always just, just being able to get to the studio and, yeah. and, uh, uh, anytime we needed was really awesome. That's cool. Hey man, did I ever tell you about this recent thing that happened to me? I was driving around in the country and it was just after dusk. So there's a little bit of light still coming on out of the sky, but it was mostly dark. I saw this black school bus. I don't think I've ever heard this. Okay, so I saw this black school bus. All the windows were tinted and it started following me for about 15 minutes. Whoa, no. Yeah. What, what did you do? I was at work. I was making deliveries and I just kept making my deliveries and like it would even stop and wait for me oh. and <laughs> yeah, this but it was never close enough to where I could see it or anything but it was following me man wow dang that's just an example of another really weird story that happened to me and that could have happened to you. You don't have to have a UFO encounter. You don't have to have seen the ghost of your grandmother. You don't have to know what Bigfoot smells like to have had a weird story. Basically, what we're saying is weird covers a lot of ground here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. And we love hearing all of your stories, whether they're spooky, they're funny, they're bizarre, or they're just short, sweet, and unexplained. Kind of like our podcast. Let's talk about side projects because you guys uh, 
beyond just future islands keep very busy by doing a lot of your own work and um i know garrett has been masavara for you know god said however long tens of years um how's that coming g you doing anything um, i have a record that should probably be done but um i just lose hope every day with it <laughs> some days i'm like i think it sounds really good and then other days i'm like i think it's terrible i don't even know if i like this music anymore mm. so hopefully one day i'll get inspired to finish it hopefully that's soon the songs are pretty much i think they're done i think they are <laughs> what number album what number album is that garrett is it seven wow yeah. I think your last one was your seventh. I thought you were like eight and eleven. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. It could be eight. I think it might be eight. I don't eight. know for sure though. I'm gonna go on Discogs and see uh, <laughs> what Garrett's got cooking. Yeah. Well, what, was the first, what was your first? What year was the first record though? Circle in the Corner was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Moss of Moss of Aura has existed longer than Future Islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Rush Crusher too. Whoa, that was dope. Rush Crusher. And you were Gargantucan for a minute and then you changed to Moss Vora. Yeah, there were a couple of those Gargantucan CDRs. Yeah. I've actually, I think I only gave one away to someone who wasn't a friend. I think, I, I don't know if it's any listenable shape, but I think I have one. Yeah, they were like those little tiny ones. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I just I just nice found one. mine actually the other day. I just found my I think the only one It was like a little it's like a three inch C D, right? Three inch C D. Mm-hmm. I think Devlin was the only person who received one outside of our close friend group. When well, it's we good. were in Plattsburgh. Yeah. Are you, are you a, oh, okay? It's How many albums is it, Sam? Seven. Garrett has released seven albums. Nice. <laughs> nice. And the the split the split with uh, Future Islands. There you go. Yeah. And and then the new one will be the eighth. Guess the new one will be the eighth. Cool. We'll well, I guess there's actually there may even be another one. Oh, you put out that one uh, last year, right? Like rarities. Yeah. Is that on there, Sam? It's not on. It's not on Garrett's Discogs page. No, so he's got to update with Discogs. Okay, so the, next one's the, the next one's the ninth. The ninth one. So you've and done the, some uh, the split that the split that we did with Mossavora, like the the Future Island songs are basically like it's basically the demos for Wave Like Home, our first album. Right. So if anyone has that, that's basically what that is. I don't even think I have those recordings anymore. Maybe I don't think any of us have them. I had them Maybe somewhere, but they're very lost inside of a hard drive somewhere. You did some uh, scores, some um, for like I I want to say I I remember talking to you a while back for like a a Canadian documentary or something like that. Am I making that up? Uh, Was he talking about the heat thing? I did some music for like little skate documentary things. Okay. Um, and I think that was 
Yeah, I think that was it. Maybe I'm then maybe I didn't make it up. I don't know. Um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so any I so well, I guess what we just need to push you on to get that out to get that music out. So yeah, I think it I do- have it doesn't suck. The- <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> nothing possible. It doesn't suck. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear it. It doesn't suck. So yeah. <laughs> That's that's a that's a Baltimore uh, bumper sticker that I really love. It says Baltimore. Actually, I like it. <laughs> is that from is that Atomic Books? Is that an Atomic Books uh, bumper sticker? Anyways, great great book bookstore comic shop in Baltimore. Uh, we went there the first time we went. The first time we went to uh, Baltimore, BB. We did. Oh uh, yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember. I remember. <sighs> we went to Truvine, and it was across the street from Truvine. Okay. Well, see, what you I remember ex- that night, though, don't you? <laughs> oh yes, yeah. That's what I remember the most of Baltimore was that night. That uh, the was that the, cr- the crazy story about yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, I've uh, I've told <laughs> I told Barry, and uh, I don't know if we can discuss that. Um, I, I promised William that I wouldn't uh, share any. Uh, old and embarrassing stories uh, <laughs> on the podcast, except for that one time. Balls, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll bleep out anything that, uh, that may come up in conversation, but yeah, no, I remember that night because um, of, because uh, well, I mean, of Oliver. The, and, the, yeah. The story is just that Oliver decided he hated all of us and wanted, he took to the streets of Baltimore in the middle of the night. Right. He wouldn't, and he wouldn't come back with us. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he, after he had all, narrowly escaped arrest yeah. yeah, and Dan Deacon talked to a Baltimore cop out of not arresting this guy. A very scary man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Sam trying to, to Sam saying to the, this cop, um, uh, sir, 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 my dad's a lawyer, and, and then the uh, cop shot know. him down. Just said, "I don't care. Get inside. Shut up." <laughs> you can't treat that man that way. Yeah. He was he was standing he was standing on him on Oliver who was face down in yeah. broken glass from the whiskey bottle that the man had shaken the cop had shaken out of his hands, threw him oh. into the broken whiskey bottle, handcuffed him behind his back, had his foot on his back, said, "What's your name?" And he's like, "It's Oliver." And the thing is, we're standing on the corner street corner and it, the name of the street is Oliver. <laughs> Stop fucking with me. What's your name? It's Oliver. He's yeah. Like, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, it's Oliver. His name is really Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's police brutality. You can't. I was a yeah. child. All of this going on. Well, we're trying to load up from playing a show in a warehouse apartment on the second floor that you can only access through a fire escape. And so, uh, so yeah, so and it, that's a great load in, I'm sure. Oh, man. It was, and not the only time that we've ever had to load in through a fire escape. Yeah. Yeah. And also another crazy ass show when we played, was it the Rat Ward? Rat Ward, yeah. Anytime we, we played there, what, twice? And both times were fucking mental man um i was talking about that last night actually the first time the first time we played um we were having it was 
it was good, man. And like, it was an apartment comp. It was an apartment above a comic shop in uh, Newport. Uh, was it Newport? Nor- Hampton. Norfolk. Norfolk. Hampton, Virginia. Hampton, Virginia. The Hampton. Hampton. Yeah. Somewhere in Virginia. Hampton. Um, <laughs> so it was this apartment. There were apartments above a comic shop in Hampton, Virginia. And uh, they also doubled, apparently, we found out later, as a shooting gallery. Um, and uh, so we're playing this show, and, like, it's wild, man. We were playing with these these great, weird bands, and uh, everything's going good. People are dancing, and everybody's getting along, because there's this weird vibe all over throughout. And uh, we're playing, and we're on our last song, our signature song for our last song, which is uh, We're in the Same Bubble Baby. And we're just like rocking out towards the end where we kind of just extend and jam it. And it's just the same thing over and over again, Sam saying, we're in the same bubble, baby. Yip, yip. And uh, one of the bands we played with was yip, yip, the Yip Yips, weren't they? Was that that same night or is that a different night? Oh. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, we kept, we were doing that yeah, and we're rocking out and yeah. Sam's connecting, always connecting with the crowd and, and William's just like wailing on the bass and Garrett and I are just like, yeah, this is pretty cool. We're looking around and we look to the back of this room and there's this guy that comes up and this other shirtless, smaller guy, that kind of bow up at each other. And, you know, the kind of like something's happening here and this, and so the little shirtless guy just goes wham and just pops this tall dude. One punch. This guy crumples like, <laughs> Uh, like he's got no more bones in his body and as this is happening this door behind him opens up and this person half slides out and grabs him and just pulls him in to the door out of existence and it was just the Everybody weirdest fucking thing playing. we never stopped playing because you didn't see, i don't think you saw it i don't think william saw it, but i looked over at garrett who looked over at me and we both realized we fucking saw that shit and it was fucking weird. No, the thing was everybody stopped playing. The room got quiet, but the drum beat kept going. Chuka, 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 yeah. chuka. <laughs> and it was like, okay, thank you. Good night. <laughs> what is happening? And then the second time we were I remember, there. I remember he had a, didn't the guy have a cowboy hat on? Yeah. And he like, yeah. He, hit, yeah. he hit the wall and slid down and when yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he landed, his cowboy hat was over top of his <laughs> face. Like well, he movie. didn't quite even land, dude, because he got pulled into that, uh, that other dimension by this guy coming out the door, man. <laughs> Shapeshifter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the second time we played there. Um, it was the they, same guy that knocked out. It was cowboy. Was it? Uh, well, there was a hippie dude that showed up. That he, I guess, he got in an altercation or got in a fight with some people that were there. He leaves and then he comes back and he looks like this peaceful hippie dude, you know. And he comes back with a fucking machete in hand. Oh shit! Yeah, and so they were able to turn him away. And <laughs> then again, after we had played and we had hung out and everything, we're starting to we're trying to unload and you know from the apartment and put everything up in the house not in the house, everything up in the, um, the minivan. This was the last night of the tour. And we we're driving back to, to Greenville and, um, uh, um, we were halfway between loading. Uh, Garrett and I were down by the minivan loading everything up. A fight broke out between some people up in the apartment and some people down on the street and they're yelling at each other and they're like going to fight. 
And like all this posturing went on for like 45 fucking minutes, man. And so Garrett and I are down in the street, just like, what the fuck is going on? And just like smoking cigarettes and just being like, we, we, there's no other way to do anything. We can't do anything because these people are blocking the path. Meanwhile, William and, and Sam, and I think Dan was up there as well. Um, Dan Deacon are up there just, you know, having a good old time in the party because they can't move anything. So like they're there. Oh, they're drinking off the keg. They're having a great time. They're fu- having fun finishing off the night, you know, in a Royal fashion. And Garrett and I are just like, ah! you know, we're trying to text each other. And yeah, it was, that was, it was wild, dude. That place is always wild, but that was, it was always, well, I get, I say it's fun now, but uh, it was scary. <laughs> as hell. One of those guys lives in Asheville now. Scott. Anyways, yeah, yeah. some people did survive. Is yes. what I'm trying. To say. <laughs> yes. People that yeah. live here are survivors of that strange, strange living situation. And I think, I think one of the times we played, there were two bands that had the same name, like Bunny Grunt or something like that. Uh, Bunny Brains, right? I, some Bunny something. And uh, they, the, uh, yip yips and zomzoms. Yeah, yip yips and zomzoms. That was it, that one. Uh, there was some kind of weird things with Bunny Brains because I remember there was like the dude who was like six foot five dressed in lingerie. And then there was a woman uh, who was like, and that was their band. It was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was like, who are these people? And I was like, Bunny brains. but they, they invited both of these bands with the same name because they wanted to see if there was going to be a fight or conflict about who was the real bunny band, you know? <laughs> and so, it's like, what the hell is that for? You know, <laughs> so bizarre, man. But uh, very East Coast, very East well, Coast. Speaking of side projects, going back, that's where uh, I was heading next. Thank you for we the had a band. We, me and William, have a band called the Snails, and there is a band in Philly that was threatening us and making, wanting us to change our name. And I think we did. We ever challenge them, or was that just an idea? I feel uh, like we can't. <clears throat> We just we we just told them like, look guys, there's a lot of bands called the Snails. There was already a bunch, and we decided to be called the Snails. So you don't have any ownership over the Snails. It's like, can't we all be Snails together? And they did not like that. But you challenge. They Sorry. really hated us because um, we ended up naming our second album "Songs from the Shoebox," and their album is apparently <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently like. Uh, let me let me just look it up real quick. It. it yeah, this is. I don't want to mess it up. Um, yeah, give give them some love, man. It's called. They put out an album. Well, uh, oh, kind of oh songs songs from the hydrogen jukebox is what yeah. they named their album. Okay, and it came out before our album, and uh, I had no idea. <laughs> we, we we called ours songs from the shoebox, and it just sounds like we're making fun of them. They ended up they ended up breaking up. It'd be great so, if their song, if their album was was called Shoebox, and yeah. then yours was called Song from the Shoebox. Did you, I was going to ask you if you challenged them to have a uh, a, a, a battle, a song, I, a, ba- a song of a battle. Off, like it. we talked about doing a winner take all. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought we challenged them, and they didn't ever respond. I think we we probably did challenge them. Um, speaking of which, I, I should say that uh, the band, the Snails, started out as an Art Lord cover band, and we named ourselves after. Art Lord's fourth album, Snail. Which, by the way, was also 
was inspired by Garrett trying to trick you and me about a secret unreleased uh, Cure album called called Snail. If you remember that, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's part of our, the part of the strange mythology we that we spawned. Yeah. <laughs> But the snails, the snails album is um, definitely check them out too because those are those they're a lot of fun and they're very they're rocking and if you like sax in your um, in your rock and your music then it's got a lot of fun sax that really just go along and uh, a great art lord cover too by the way on that album yeah oh yeah flames Sam um, was it hard to learn the lyrics for that song uh it was hard to do the screams the same way yeah <laughs> my voice was different it was so much so much lighter then yeah yeah for sure but the, um but yeah dude so another awesome uh side project so sam sam has also a ton of side projects always going on and with um but you know you do vocals tracks um you did a couple of really incredible songs with um bad bad yes with with bad bad um, but my brain just i just had a brain fart i Um, I know i was trying to get you back on track with uh (laughs) with bad bad not good wait wait is that right yeah bad bad not good okay with bad bad not good sorry as i was saying it I was like wait was it the bad plus no it's not but then they have kind of a similar thing but anyway uh with bad bad not good a couple of great incredible tracks with that but you also do a lot of you have a massive amount of hip-hop tracks that you uh yeah yeah it's been really cool like that's something that uh yeah you know well bb you know like i was a hip-hop head when Mm -hmm. we met that's Mm -hmm. like been you know i started writing when I was 14 poetry and, and hip hop verse at the same time, rap verse at the same time. So, so yeah, it's been cool in the last few years just to be able to do that. And that was really all came from this artist of uh, formerly known as Milo now known as rap Ferrara, who put out an amazing album this year called purple moonlight pages. Um, and he contacted me through, or he went, he like hit future islands up on Twitter and was like, yo, I heard you rap. And then I checked out this guy's stuff and I was like, Oh, this kid's really good like who is this kid he's like 21 and he obviously is very influenced by the same stuff that i'm influenced by i was 30 at the time and then uh and yeah he kind of he kind of pulled me out of this dormant phase invited me to guest on a track called souvenir off of his album so the flies don't come which is also a really great record and uh and really connected me with a lot of people but it's been really fun to explore that side of myself again and also work with people that i've been listening to since i was 16 17 years old like i recently the most recent track that got released was with uh beans from anti-pop consortium Mm. who is uh an amazing artist and yeah getting that getting that shout out from him to to do a track was like yeah it's crazy it's just crazy so i don't know but it's, it's also helping me in my writing uh, to, yeah, just explore more, be more open to ideas again. Because, you know, when we started Art Lord, I was just like a freestyle improviser. You know, I didn't know about writing songs, but I could just like, I, like my, my background was more about, uh, yeah, just feeling feeling the flow of something. And and uh, and then I learned about songwriting through, through Art Lord and then Future Islands. 
And then I came back to writing hip hop verse and was like, oh, I'm actually saying something. It's not just me being like clever and fast, like quick tongue and cryptic, but I know how to write songs because of, because of the work that we've done. So it's, it's kind of cool coming full circle. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam, do you put, do you put, are those things that you put out um, like on your own or how, how does that stuff leak out into the world? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been my thing. Cause like, you know, the, like the rap thing for me, I don't really, it's not really something I'm trying to promote necessarily. Yeah. Like I kind of want it to promote itself. Like sure. I want, uh, I want people to discover it and then be like, uh, I don't want people to be like, Oh, the guy from future islands raps. I'm going to check it out. I want them to be like listening to something and be like, yo, who the hell is this MC? And then be like, that's the guy from future islands. Yeah. I wanted to go the other way around. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I did, I put out, I put out my first, uh, like my date, my debut, <laughs> like rap record at you know 35 years old last year that's killer that's killer <laughs> which is really cool working with uh this producer kenny siegel out in la and and so that that was a little bit of you know uh get, getting my my yeah a, a lot of things across but but i think it's it's different with the features because doing the features allows me to kind of uh it's kind of i mean it's a cosign on its face it's sure. like yo this guy's this guy's yeah. legit Sure. And, and it's like working with people that I really respect and uh, have a certain, have a similar sensibility to uh, yeah. Just like real, like real, real writers. Sure. Like people that are really dope writers. That's uh, awesome, man. That's been really cool that's because great. I think, it, yeah, just, it makes me a better writer for future islands. It's, it's open. I think songs like uh, born in a war and the painter, which deal with a little bit more political issues wouldn't have come around if not for really addressing that more in, Cause that's like, I, I speak to that more within the world of Hemlock where I, I haven't. Um, but also this is a time to, to, to say something. If you're going to sure. <laughs> like put your money where your mouth is, um, yeah. speak up. Cause we're, we live in a hellscape Yeah, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> for the last three and a half years. It's been a very strange time. Not only 2020, it's been weird for years. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. true. And, and I think also when you're talking about political issues, it's like, it sucks to just wake up or, you know, to wake up within the last four years, but at least you're waking up. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, like those problems are not new either. You know, right. when you're yeah. talking about sure. the real political issues of America, what America is on its face. Uh, sure. Is, is, and I think uh, a lot of times too, in, in the hip hop world, um, it is so about lyric and it, there's nothing to, um, to gloss it over, you know, um, it, it, it just, it is what it is. You know, it's, there's not a lot of, um, things to take your brain away from what's being said. And, uh, it's, it's great to keep an open mind and to, to explore that and to do different, get involved and, and do different types of music. And I think that's something that all artists sort of have in common is that you, you, you understand, you understand what goes into making great music and you can appreciate someone coming from a different world and what would the spin that they, they put on things. Um, I worked at um, Chung King, you know, in New York city for a little while, which is a hip hop studio. And they did, uh, it's like all of the um, 
Wu-Tang Clan stuff. Oh, yeah. LL Cool J, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I really... I, I gave, they didn't license to Ill there, right? That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, a huge, huge learning curve for me, man. I was, I, I just, I didn't have really any connection to that world at all. And, and just seeing that and being exposed to that was really eye-opening and uh, an amazing experience. I mean, did yeah. You work, did you work with Rick Rubin ever? He, that no. Was like, that was like his home base for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I worked there in 95 for a little bit, about six months. And um, mm. so they did, um, they were working on some, some Wu-Tang Clan stuff. And I don't know whatever came of it. Old Dirty Bastard did some solo stuff there too um, at that time. And um, has some crazy ass stories about that. He, he, was, he was just <laughs> off the rails, man. I mean, he smashed up the entire studio. I mean ripped off platinum records and smashed them on the ground and stuff just had a total crack binge crazy breakout thing so but um yeah i mean those the, those guys were just um it was it was a great time to 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 see that stuff happen and and be a part of that and um it gave me a real appreciation you know i mean i i of course growing up in the 80s and stuff i i I loved, you know, Run DMC and and um, Dougie Fresh and and all that stuff. But being a part of it is is it really opened my eyes up. So it's cool stuff, man. And uh, and and great that you're continuing to to sort of do that and and explore that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so much, especially as like a lyricist, it's it's so much. Uh about finding different sides of the self, like exploring the self through different means of music sure. and expression. Yeah. Um, because we aren't all just like one way, you know? Yeah. We, yeah. And we, we have to find different ways to express ourselves. I and mean, that's the beauty of music. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and one day, one day I'll make a country album, you know, yeah. break, break the world. Hell yeah. I'd love that, dude. I really, yeah. I think that that is, uh, yeah, me and Kid Rock, we're making that country. <laughs> I about spit my coffee all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Only because I'm a huge time. fan. No <laughs> <laughs> <Go> way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see Sam leading the chant. When I say kid, you say rock. <laughs> I'm the new, what's the little guy's name? Joey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'll be his new, his new hype man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. What is that guy's name? Somebody's yeah. got it. Somebody, yeah. <clears throat> write in yeah, and let us know who Joey yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, Mike, I, William was saying, uh, William told me that you are, you also have some side projects, uh, Drums of Life, and is it Mount Royal? Mount yeah. Royalty? Mount Royal, yeah, but both of those are not really, they've gone further off to the side, maybe, <laughs> maybe off the side over the edge, I think. Um, yeah, Drums of Life. It, we used to be called Drums of Death, but there are apparently like 10 Drums of Deaths. Um, and so we changed the name. Um, and uh, it was just like a percussion group that was like I went to college with. And then Dave Bergender from Celebration and myself. And it was just like an improvised uh, like percussion thing. 
and we did some shows and then Mount Royal was like me and a couple of dudes from, of the guys from when I played in Lake Trout and then Katrina Ford, um, singing. Um, but we haven't really, we sort of started making a record and then just like ran out of steam. Like we released an EP on and then started writing a, started like working on a full length and I think got maybe like a third of the way through it. And it's mm -hmm. still like sitting half finished it right way. Hopefully one day we get to finish it. But like, um, yeah, that, that stuff's sort of just like sitting on the shelves to see any of the other, like Dave Bergender, um, Mike, Mike, the other drummer, he just, he had a kid like right mm -hmm. before the, Pandemic, and then Dave has like a teenage son and then like pandemic and then yeah. you know what I mean so yeah um, we sort of were getting together like twice a year maybe before that because everybody was just real busy mm -hmm. but um yeah that's all just been I haven't even thought about it like in so long um <laughs> but yeah but didn't didn't Dave Fridman mix the Mount Royal stuff he did yeah, yeah. Mount Royal was a dope band, though. It was. Um, Sorry, Mike, we're just rubbing your face in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, like, uh, like, like working on the record, and then I like joined up with you guys, and then Ed started managing like cigarettes, and then like Matt opened like two restaurants. You know what I mean? Like it just became yeah. like like everyone just got like super fucking busy. Celebration put out like two records and. Um, it just ended up being like, you know, we sort of, you know how like you, things like you can, you can have things kind of lose steam. And if, and if you don't have like someone sort of like picking up the ball and making sure everybody's like still into it, like it just kind of interest just kind of dies out or momentum kind of dies out. And yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so hopefully the stuff that we were ended were writing sounded really cool. Like the, um, it really it was like really like um, almost kind of like like solo Phil Collins meets like Echoes that NPR show <laughs> Echoes. Um, huh. It, it was it was turning out like even we were like huh this is like really interesting that <laughs> was like coming out so it, it would be cool to like get back there and revisit it because i think it was like kind of strange but like good like in a kate bush kind of weird not as sort of epic as kate bush but sort of definitely was sort of more in that there was a very sort of like theatrical new age vibe like about it yeah um I don't know. It would be cool, cool to 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 uh, get back there someday. I hope, but you know, um, yeah. I have to check those. I have to check them out. See what uh, I found them on there on Spotify. So I have to give that a whirl. And uh, I don't know. It sounds very diff definitely a very interesting uh, description. So I'm 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 definitely going to have to take a peek at that. So. So what when William, um, last but not least, certainly, um, you just released you've got a couple of side projects. You've got peels and snails, and you also had your uh, solo uh debut this year, earlier this year. 
with um with postcard music yeah it's yeah. really cool dude it's Thanks. very um very meditative and uh very you know soundscape and very you know got a lot of you know zen to it man you know Thanks. yeah I, i've been i've been drawn to the kind of sound for a long time, I I've been, I played a, ambi- a solo ambient set when I was in high school back in the day. And there's a video of it somewhere at my parents' house. I want to try to find it. But there's these kind of textures and, and things that I, I, I've always been drawn to exploring those. Um, and they, 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 they found their way um, onto like some Future Island stuff over the years. Like there's some of that kind of floating guitar, atmospheric guitar stuff that just sounds kind of like a drone. Um, I used that a lot on mm. the on the water album is, is mm. when it kind of snuck its way into future islands. But then um, Peels was a, a project that I started with my buddy, Bruce, who he played bass in double dagger. Um, and, and that was, that became kind of a, that's kind of like a ambient pop project. I would say it's not fully ambient. There's like, there's like, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that, and what what is ambient? You know, it gets so many things. Anyway. Yeah. So, but but a solo record is just uh, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and and I've been kicking around the idea for for a really long time. And in the last couple of years, I started started writing some stuff that I felt like could stand on its own two legs and and be a part of a a project. So, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm really uh, happy with it, and yeah, I'm glad it's finally out there in the world. Awesome. Yeah. It's good. It's it's good stuff. So everybody check that out as well. Go and buy physical medium copies, uh, and so that you can support musicians. Because obviously, right now, uh, the guys, you know, I mean, they make most of their living by to- being touring artists by playing live shows. Um, and if you ever get a chance to see Future Islands live, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, they put out such a you guys put out an energy um that there's like the the backing you know william and garrett and mike put out this wave of this wall of sound and this wave of music and then sam is there in front and he is like you know he's surfing on this and dancing on it and he's rocking out and it's like just it is this energy that just fills the room and everybody around you is going to be you know feeling it and there's something about live uh, and hellish performance and it's very very top notch definitely one of the best live shows you're going to see so and i've seen these guys play so many times and it's, it's still not boring it should be but it's not so <laughs> <laughs> thanks baby yeah, man, yeah. I love it, and I love you guys, and I genuinely love the band. Like, if I didn't know you guys, I would really be a huge fan of Future Islands, um, because it's good music overall, and just it's fun. And seeing you live is fun. It's a you know, and the lyrics and the the just the sonic qualities and the textures and everything just comes together like in a beautiful package all around. And it turns out that you're mostly nice guys. No, you're not, you're good guys, you're good friends, good, nice guys. And, and I have known you since you were, you know, very, very, very children. young. Your children. Yeah. Wet behind the ears. Um, very we should, we should make a, uh, a playlist 
for, for you guys to like link to this podcast. Yeah, with, like, yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, like some, like we could each like choose some, some side project stuff and some yep. future island stuff to have in there. Like a, that'd be great. Get yeah. to know us better. Yeah. yeah. That'd be super. Yeah. Would love that. Definitely. Hey everybody, this is Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files on Travel Channel. You're listening to What's Your Weird Story. And the girl, the babysitter girl, she picked up the phone and there was a policeman on the other side. And he said, we've tracked the phone call and it's coming from inside the house. Whoa. Dude. I love those urban legend stories. Dude, I do too. And you remember the one where the girl, it's always the babysitter or it's the kids making out in Lover's Lane, but there's the one where the girl comes up and she finds the kids are watching TV and she turns them around and their face has SpaghettiOs. Oh man, or the hook guy. Remember the oh, hook the guy? Oh, the hook. The hook was hanging from the rear view yeah. mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got a story that is similar to any of those awesome urban legends, we want to hear it. Because, you know, those urban legends, man, they started off as somebody's true life weird story. It's got to be true somewhere. So I guess, I don't know, if you have, do you have any questions for us? Um, You know, I don't think people, podcasters probably usually don't ask that too many of the people that they're interviewing. But uh, Where, where are you at these days, Barry? I'm in uh, Enid, Oklahoma, which is uh, it's uh, 45 minutes south of the Kansas border, like off I-35 to the west a little bit. So, okay. yeah, That's... I moved I moved back here in 04, uh, September of 04. So, oh, oh, you've been there a minute. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, is that near where y'all grew up, though? Is that near? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm a yeah. I'm a about hour. yeah. I'm a half hour to the north of where we grew up, Kingfisher, okay. America. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he can go and eat at El Charo, which is the right. best Mexican and <laughs> any other kind of restaurant in the world. It, just about any time, except for a Mondays, because they're closed on Mondays. <laughs> and uh, if you guys go, you need to uh, and take my word. Order the number eleven um, or once if you want to order in Spanish, and that is a, a cheese enchilada and a, a chili oh. relleno. <laughs> And you want to, instead of getting the rice and beans, you tell them you want double of the macaroni because they do this macaroni. That's what? Like, dude, I'm telling you, man, it's in, it's in, it's in, <laughs> nobody else does this. Um, this is in Kingfisher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's this macaroni, but it's not like macaroni and cheese. It's macaroni noodles in a tomato broth and has like um, onions and stuff in it. And it's just it's phenomenal, and it's something that the uh, the the owner's father used to make for himself, and then he kind of just would put it as a side. Um, but you want to order double that, and then you mix up the cheese and the salsa, and you put it on top of everything, <laughs> and uh, got, and then you're good to go. We got to put a link to this restaurant in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody that's listened to our other podcast, uh, "What's Your Weird Story," knows of my love for uh, for, for for El Charo. So, um, anybody who knows me pretty much knows of my love for El Charo. So. I'm sure you told us about it. Oh yeah, man, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, my questions are all about UFOs and shapeshifters, but I asked you guys that stuff before the mm-hmm. podcast, and I know you guys don't want to talk about that stuff on the pod. Yeah, well, 
well, you know, we can t- we can have another discussion anytime. You guys are always welcome to uh, anytime you want to talk about whatever, anything, uh, really, any subject matter. We Billy Corgan, shapeshifters, mm-hmm. any of that shit, man. And how they are the same person? Mm. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I think oh, that explains it. That explains it. That Billy works. Corgan saw a new shapeshifter because he saw himself in the mirror. Yes, that is it. We have solved the mystery, and that is it. Wow, that explains so much. I'm glad you put that together. Yeah, that's that's wait. The story is Billy Corgan thinks he saw a shapeshifter because he saw somebody naked and saw him shift into what from what to what from a human to a reptile and then back. I think he said that they they like they got significantly taller and they, they they literally changed in front of him. I, I, it's been a while since I've read the interview uh, with that he did about it, but, but I'm gonna look it up. He was talking to Howard Stern about it, and Howard Stern, I, I, I want to say it, it came out that the person was was naked that he saw. We'll nail it down. We'll nail it down. Yeah. Uh, BB, did you say you had questions for us? I do indeed. I have. Questions. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll close the loop on this shape shifting yeah. story real yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, I have two, two, actually two questions. I just saw an article that says he might've had sex with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when in AV club, it says, remember when Billy Corgan saw a shapeshifter? Yeah. He might've had sex with it. Yeah. (laughs) It's also goes into the, into the circle of, he was actually just saw himself in the mirror naked masturbating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I wasn't going to go there, but I mean, I applied, but thank you for guiding us right there. Uh, We appreciate that. He named named the shapeshifter pumpkins. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Just pumpkin. So that's, and that's where he he was smashing pumpkin. And then, yeah, there you go. (laughs) All makes sense. It all makes sense. Wow. Uh, so Smashing yeah. Pumpkins wasn't about the, the Halloween tradition. It was about uh, his own personal uh, erotic massage <laughs> methods. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, <laughs> okay, okay. So we two questions. First um, is what is your alt? What's your go-to album that you can listen to anytime, no matter what? Um, where and it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite band or even your favorite album, but it's one that you can just put on play and listen through, and then listen through again and whatever. So, um, uh, Operation Doomsday, and that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, anytime. That is a good one. I used to have that on vinyl. I could also go Smith self-titled. Is that problematic? Eh, you, 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 separate the art from the artist, I suppose, you know? Yeah, separate, separate the Smiths from the Morrissey. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I would say um, we end up putting on uh, Rihanna's album Anti a lot. Like, when in doubt, we just put that on. And oftentimes it just loops through and it, 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 I don't really get tired of it. That. And then I also, this year, I've been listening to a ton of uh, Brian Eno, Harold Budd, uh, that one seems to fit with like every mood, every situation, every time of day. It kind of goes with it. Cool. Say that again, because you kind of, did you break up on you, Barry? Yeah. Okay, say that again, what it was, Brian Eno and... 
You heard oh, yeah. everything but the title. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been listening to lots of Harold Budd and Brian Eno, okay. uh, Ambient Two, um, Plateau yeah. of Mirror. Okay. Very good. You got the you got the other stuff though. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Plateau. Mike G. Uh, let's see. An album I can always listen to. I'd have to go with probably like Low End Theory or um, Midnight Marauders. I have Three Feet High and Rising. Well, I had mm. Three Feet Rising in my car and it was like stuck in there. So I always just listen to that. Yeah. Um, or um, what else? What else do I just put on? I know you'd like to put on um, Danzig solo the first record, right? That's kind of like no, a go. I would go with Lucifuge. Black Aria. Black Aria. <laughs> I would go. I would go with Lucifuge if I went Danzig. That's a good one. Yeah. That was my like. I was a big fan of um, the drummer on that band on that album. I think Chuck Biscuits. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Biscuits. Uh, or it would have to. It would probably be Low End Theory or like. Um, I want to say like maybe like soft bulletin, mm. like something that's always like soothing that always sort of takes me to a nice place. Yeah. I feel like that, the, that one record or whatever is such a loaded question. It changes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah changes, for sure. Like, changes like so much. Yeah. Um, what would, but yeah, I guess kind of the idea is that, you know, recognizing that there is flux and that most people, especially most musicians can't say one is their one favorite album or anything like that, you know, like, so, so generally it's like, it's the go-to, you know, like I said, not maybe necessarily the best, but it's one that you can just put on and either pay attention, sing along or put it in the background or anything like that. So lately I've been really into mad villain, like mad villainy Mm -hmm. and um, vaudeville villain been like the victor vaughn record i've been like i think wearing. victor vaughn's over i think that record's overlooked is it vaudeville villain i th- I think it's overlooked i really love that record oh good the production is so good he didn't use um he used those like the sounding label people for that yeah, yeah totally. and yeah. they did and they didn't use like any samples like hardly mm. any samples um wow but it's like, it's like it's like different production. Ah, it's just it's so good. Cool. I like that. Whole, I like that wrestling persona kind of thing about that era of indie hip hop, whatever. Yeah, that was that era. I wish it kind of come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's it's like a lot more fun i feel like than like what's going on what i've been exposed to recently i'm curious if garrett has exposed uh, his daughter to uh slayers rain and blood yet or if he's waiting a few more years players <laughs> canceled sam oh they are canceled i forgot sorry sorry about your band garrett they've been uh but I still like Dave Lombardo. Great drummer. Yeah, he is. One of the best. One of the best, yeah. And he got out before they were canceled, right? Yeah. 
So, um, Gene, you still thinking on this? You, I see you rubbing your chin. I have like I can give a thousand answers. Okay, let's well, narrow it down to like three or so. The f- <laughs> number nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> number nine hundred and ninety-eight. <laughs> um, let's see. I really like this record, "Swim" by Caribou. I think it's like a. Oh yeah. Mm. I, when we were on endless travel days, that's pretty much the only thing that I listened to for like I think a couple of years straight. I really like um, Apollo. Um, with Brian and his brother Roger Eno, the Enos. They just re-released that with a bunch of new tracks on it. Oh, cool. Um, and for the third, how about um, let's see, Magnetic Fields. Mm-hmm. Probably like I really like the um, what is it? Uh, distant plastic, yeah, wayward bus, or what is it? Distant, distant, wayward bus, plastic trees, yeah, the combo, yeah, yeah, um, good, or like somewhere like in the middle of 69 love songs, like you tap it in the middle, yeah, I, uh, 69 love songs could be cut down to about um, 15 or 16 really super solid ones, yeah. If that's a good that'd anymore. be a good that'd be a good episode Dean. yeah yeah we'll have to do that um you don't tell oh, us the ones that are good you just tell us why you would get rid of the other 50 songs <laughs> so this is called uh 54 bad love songs <laughs> i do love those for those first two magnetic fields albums mm-hmm. they're amazing we lost barry oh he went rogue He's him. <laughs> he met pumpkins. Are you still? Are you still is he is he in charge of recording or are you? I'm, recording? We're both recording, so okay. it'll be fine. So that's good. Very uh, met pumpkins. He is. Uh, hopefully, he can get back with us um, because he's you know they, he's got uh, snow and sleet today. Uh, oh, really? There yeah. and his how his power had been flickering earlier, and uh, let me uh, check in with him. Yeah, the unseasonable. It's usually. Not um, not quite this early to get that cold of weather, but um, and Barry did. Has Barry ever met Billy Corgan? I don't know because uh, he's met a shit ton of people, um, yeah. and I don't know if he's met Billy Corgan or not. Um, I was just thinking about like a rom com podcast when Barry met Billy. <laughs> That would be fantastic. Yeah, his internet went out. So, but he says keep going. So we shall persevere. So, um, and I'll let him know about this new rom com. uh, Is Barry still? Is he still working in studios and stuff? Occasionally, Um, he shift kind. He kind of has shifted focus off of that, away from that, because his kids got to be, you know, like an. Uh, high school in middle school and high school. Now they're high schoolers um, and they're very active in sports. And so um, he is being, he's a very, he's there for them um, doing the sports dad stuff. And also um, he has a, uh, a, like a landscaping or lawn care rather type right. company. And um, 
he does he's he does a lot with that so he's got a, a crew or two and then he goes around and does the spraying for weeds which you have to have like a license for and all this stuff so he's a busy dude plus he is he just got back from salt lake city um last week where he uh tested for and got his black belt in aikido oh Oh, nice. and, uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's been working on that for about like ten years and practice with that. So he's busy, awesome. busy, busy dude. And of course, we do the podcast as well. So you know, he's like uh, many fires that he is stoking. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, we're gonna we'll move on to um, uh, these last questions here. And uh, I hate that Barry's not here with us for it, but. Uh, We'll, like I said, we'll we'll continue on. So, um, anybody want to go first, in, in, or do you want to just randomly take it? Mike, um, do what? Okay, hold on. I'll do. I'll do. Okay, first. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I'll just my do doorbell this. keeps ringing, and I don't. And it's just bizarre because I think I've heard my doorbell ring like twice since I've lived here. Right. Do you want to check it? Do you want to go check it? <laughs> no, because I mean, like, what if, you know, what if I just like disappear? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll know. We, we will know that it's Billy Corkin. So. <laughs> cool. All right. Here we go. I'm just going to randomly pick. And um, okay. First question is to Garrett. Uh, how long can eggs stay in your refrigerator before they go bad? Wow. Uh, I feel like a month. A two, two, I think they last forever, right? Six months? <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I'm going to say um, two and a half months. Hey, you got very bad. Go. Sorry, guys. Final answer. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> We'll just have to check. Um, so I guess uh, I guess the only way to really check that is to buy a um, buy a, a dozen eggs and eat one each month and see how you feel afterwards. Um, <laughs> that is a great experiment. All right, cool. We're gonna That's why they come in packs of twelve. Right. If you, you only need one a month. I mean, one a month. Uh, one cool. a month. All right. So, all right, uh, William. Uh, yeah, what is the most difficult level slash boss on Mega Man Three? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm more of a Mega Man uh, Two guy. Okay, well we can substitute Mega Man Two. I thought Three was your favorite. Oh, two, uh, oh, two, two, oh I like Two and Three. Um, okay. uh, I, I'm going to say Metal. Who from Mega Man Two? Which one? Metal. Metal? Okay. Metal man. Oh, okay. You have to say the I man, otherwise I don't know. <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's like, you know, at the end of Mega Man 2, you get all as you beat each boss, you get their um their powers. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to use their powers to beat the boss. Mm -hmm. and we played this a lot when we when we were when we were recording singles, we played Mega Man 2 oh, did a you, lot. Did you really? And uh we, we just me and Sam used to always just be like, hey, maybe you should try metal. <laughs> metal? 
<laughs> was metal the one that like actually beat everything? I can't even remember. Metal was pretty awesome. Woodman, I thought, was the hardest though. Woodman was really annoying, but you needed metal to beat wood. <laughs> yeah. He threw chainsaws at Woodman, or he threw exactly. like saw blades at Woodman. That was metal. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay, Mike. Yep. Am I right? <laughs> Just ask Mike if there's a guy at his door. Am I right? Is there a person at your door? What? Am I right? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Am I right? That's your question. Are you right? Yes. Always. There we go. All right. <laughs> and the second part, is there someone at your door? Uh, is it? I don't know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of sounds happening outside. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'll find out later. Cool. All right. Um, uh, all right. And Sam, uh, lastly for you, uh, does coffee make you poop? Oh, definitely. All day long. Yeah. Did or... you know that that's a that's a genetic thing? It's not for everybody that it does that. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's more of a part of my routine mm -hmm. of it. I guess I, I guess every time I sip coffee, I don't I don't quietly shit myself. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't mean immediately. You know, I wish like, I didn't love coffee so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stop. But my dry cleaning bill is through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like an old kids in the hall kind of a sketch. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, it helps me. It helps me in my routines for a certain. Excellent. All right. And then I guess I have one more. Every Everybody poops. Everybody yeah. does poop. Yep. Yep. Uh, everybody and if you say that you don't poop, you are full of shit. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Thank you. Hey. All right. All right. So uh, one last one for the group. You can all discuss and uh, debate. Uh, this is kind of a hot topic, but um, is cereal soup? No. No. Definitely not. <laughs> well, that's funny you should say that because this morning for breakfast, uh, Zah put too much milk in the oatmeal and my little girl called it soup. Mm. So I don't know. I'm going to say it's soup. Mm. Oh, Garrett, you're just being a contrarian. Are you? Gonna... <laughs> I've never known Garrett to be a contrarian. So that's, oh, uh... Evie said cereal. He didn't <laughs> say oatmeal. So oatmeal is cereal. Oatmeal is cereal. It's a oh, uh, new... cereal it grain. So. Was that? that like, it can become soup. You know, like the oatmeal wasn't soup until Za put too much milk into it. But I don't think. So like if you put if you pour too many Cheerios and it turns into like that weird mush is it soup that Yeah, I would call that I would say that's an apt description of that. So at what point does cereal become soup? Mm -hmm. When it's I'm trying to I'm when trying it's no to longer cold. But there's gazpacho, right? Gazpacho. And that's called soup. Mm -hmm. all, there's also gazpacho isn't soup, they call it gazpacho. <laughs> But it's soup. But it's cold soup. soup. It's cold, cold soup. soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> borscht, borscht can be served cold as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
This is a lot more thought provoking than you than you, than you realize, <laughs> just, isn't it? I'm just thinking about pumpkin soup, <laughs> right? See, and here's the thing, Sam. Um, soup cereal transitions; it transforms, it shape shifts into soup. See, and this all goes back to Billy Corgan. <laughs> I think the longer you let the cereal sit, the more soup it becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree but, with that. But when you first pour that milk in there. That is cereal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, soup, soup doesn't cut your gums like a fresh bowl of Fruit Loops or Apple Jacks. Yeah. Captain Crunch, True. man. That's Captain yeah. Crunch. Maybe that's it. It's when the cereal is still crunchy, it's cereal. When it's no longer crunchy, you got soup. But man. what if you have soup that's got like, um, like water like, chestnut, something with the crispness? stuff in it, and it's soup. People put those grilled cheese croutons on soup all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, yeah. people do add some. They like to add some crunch to their soup, but yeah. but it could be argued they're just trying to make their soup a little bit more cereally. I mean, let's really think True. about this here. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, fuck. This well, is the kind of stuff we talk, This is the kind of stuff we talk about in the van. Yeah, <laughs> this is a real look at you know what life on the road is like between yeah. you know because it's a lot of like it's a lot of waiting around, it's a lot of like sitting in you know the bus or van or whatever that's transporting you to the next place, and it's a lot of like you run out of things to talk about. You know each other fairly intimately, and uh, so this is the uh, this is the kind of thing that happens. And when you ask the really hard questions, mm-hmm. like like the one you just asked us, <laughs> the series you, of hard you, questions, that you I get a asked. glimpse into the brain yeah. of future islands. <laughs> yeah, you can see like what what makes this clock tick. Yeah. All right, well, guys, did that go uh, through? Did you guys hear that? I thought oh, that was yeah. gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, the clock tick. Yeah, we're letting the. We're, we're pondering gonna, it. Yeah, yeah. We're absorbing you are, that. You guys are looking at the screen like, no, the, like no. I just said, Brian, you know, ambient two again yeah. or something. No, 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 no. It went. We're we're absorbing that information. We're you know we're gonna we're gonna add in some kind of angelic charm. Oh yeah, maybe like a sound effect. Yeah, uh, Barry of a of a TikTok. I will. Absolutely. Barry rats on the keto black. Oh, thanks, man. Oh yeah, yeah. That's wild, dog. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. What's the difference? Between Aikido and like Aikido is like what Steven Seagal that was his big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically you know using someone's um, force Forcing. against them. Yeah, but like but like harsher than judo, right? Doesn't well know that. So, yeah, well, there's a bunch of different, it's very, it's very similar to, to judo. Very similar. There's a lot of hip throws and stuff that are found in judo. Um, and the, the the style that the branch that I that I train under is pretty it's it's considered a hard style of Aikido. So there's a lot of um, a lot of pretty brutal uh, locks and uh, arm bars and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's very it's all taken from the same sort of uh, pre um, modernized. Uh, Japan, um, you know, old school jujitsu martial arts. So, um, but so yeah. is it considered a form like a sub? Is jujitsu like a like a subset of it, or is 
Sort of. Yeah. Um, back in the day, if you were like of samurai class, you, you would train in jujitsu, which is a broad term. It's a broad term of like, it encapsulates everything from weapons to hand to hand stuff. Uh-huh. Brazilian, the Brazilian guys took everything that was on the ground in jujitsu and just sort of perfected it, made it its own thing. Uh-huh. But like, Aikido is kind of, uh, it's everything in, um, jujitsu that's sort of standing up. So, uh, um, now there is ground stuff that happens in Aikido, but, um, we don't do a lot of just simple, like, you know, being on your back and, and grappling that way. The grappling is all usually start standing up. So that's kind mm. of it, I, when I describe it to somebody, I'm like, you know, Brazilian jujitsu, but standing up, it's very similar. Okay. But yeah. also, you you use some identity shit like that kind of like fast shit. Do what now? Is it sort of like like born identity or like? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's there's um. I'm trying to just picture it. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of um. It's a lot of just like sort of getting off the line is what they call it, um, the line of attack, and uh-huh. um. We do a lot of of uh, weapons work also, which is um, it informs the body art. So it's the same sort of stuff, but you're just you've got a weapon in your hand is the only difference. Uh-huh. So a lot of times you'll hear the critique on Aikido itself is, well, you know, the attacks are sort of like ancient, you know, these these overhead attacks or side attacks or stuff like that. But the thing is, is that if you introduced a, a weapon into it, it starts making a lot more sense. You know, so you're starting to deal with knife attacks and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's all, um, it's basically how do you neutralize someone without hurting them? You know, it hurts. I mean, you can, you can really fuck somebody up if you want to, but the goal is not to smash somebody's brains in, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's both parties can walk away. Hopefully at the end of the day, that's kind of the, the, the general idea of it. So but uh yeah man it's it's um it's fascinating stuff and i you know i got involved in it because um um i was there's a a place that i started to train with um over over 10 years ago and um i just fell in love with it it's something i wanted to do for a long time i had done some uh, martial arts sort of on the side here and there but i never had the time to like you know because i was on the road touring a lot Mm-hmm. Never had, had time to really get in there and 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 take time to learn and understand a martial art, and it was something that I can do as an older guy. You know, sometimes you know the Brazilian stuff, man. It's it it'll wreck your body. You know, so I can do it as an old guy. <laughs> nice. You know, but uh, yeah, I you know I appreciate it, man. I. It's something I've I've worked you know hard on for the last ten years or so. So oh, that's crazy. Cool. Congrats. But hey, it, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming on, man. Yeah. Taking time to 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 hang out with us, man. It's been great to see you guys again and connect with you guys. And and you know we I wish you the most success and continued. Uh, uh, you know every everything you guys are getting, you've you've totally earned and, and worked mm-hmm. for and. It's awesome to see. Thanks, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. And anytime you guys, uh, like I said, anytime you guys want to, you know, 
hop on for anything. We'll, you know, just to chat and record, talk on any subject. We're always open for that because we're just, you know, we like doing this. That's the main reason why we do podcasting anyway, is we like talking to people and we like sharing stories and hearing stories and, uh, and all of that. So, you know, talking about just and whatever, you know, so, so yeah, Definitely. so open invitation, all the door is always open for all of you guys. And, uh, it's, yeah, always a pleasure seeing my boys and, uh, and just, you know, having the connection that's gone for so long and just being just so proud of you guys for, um, being able to carry on, uh, without me. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, seriously, must have been. yeah, I know. I don't know how you were able to overcome that, but, uh, very easily. In fact, you were, so no, but, uh, I'm yeah, very proud of you guys. And I, you know, I always tell you that and just, you know, I love you guys. And I always tell you that you are, um, your, your brothers, your families, you know, your bandmates, there's this whole, you know, we get this, this connection that just, uh, you know, awesome and super important to me. And then, like I said, I just, uh, you know, can't, uh, can't get, couldn't be prouder and can't thank you enough for taking the time, um, to, uh, to be here with us today. So. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, you. Thanks, Thanks, it's so good to see you, Barry. <laughs> yeah. You too, man. You too. Yeah, you. Yo, oh, Sam, yeah. I have an idea. You don't have to do it if you don't want to, but would you do a spin jamorama ID as the art Lord? Oh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello out there, radio podcast world. This is Lock on Strauss. I am the art lord, and you're listening to my favorite show, Spin Jam on Elma. Yes. Come see me sometime. <laughs> That's awesome. Perfect, dude. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thanks, y'all, so much. Really good to see y'all. Yeah, yeah you too, man. man. Don't be strangers. Watch out, yeah. Watch out for that uh, snowberry. I will, man. I will. Hey everybody, you're listening to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. You probably knew that already because you're listening or downloaded to the episode off of your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever place you get your podcast from. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, make sure that you get your new podcast episode every week. We'd also like to ask you to rate and review so that we can grow our audience and we can have more friends, we can have more stories. So thanks for listening to What's Your Weird Story. Again, it was nice to have those guys on and, and talk to them yeah. again. It's been a long time since I've talked to them. Um, yes. You know, and I'll say this, man. They have worked their fucking asses off. And they I, have. I remember when they did the Letterman show and it became a cultural phenomenon. I mean, it... Yeah. And I had a lot of friends around that were actually from Milwaukee, and they're like, "Man, I fucking love this guy, right?" And I said, "Well, you'd be happy to know that that they recorded in Milwaukee, you know, at one one point in time." And they're like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, you didn't know that then, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> they are a part of uh, Milwaukee's music history, also." Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. But yeah, they just great dudes, great guys. Like no yeah. time had really even passed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I can't be prouder of them for 
they because as you said they have worked their asses off they are a touring machine yeah they're always out on the road when they can and you know it's been a, almost a year since we recorded that interview uh we recorded Has it really yeah yeah i know it's, oh we recorded it uh just after their uh last album uh dropped and it fantastic album and then they've also they did a in the meantime in that time they've did uh they've had a couple of singles that they released and they, they even did a couple of covers uh, cool. for yeah. some compilations and stuff so that's one really thing cool. that's one thing about covid i really got to say was enjoyable is all these artists having time to like just bang mm-hmm. stuff out you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. That was cool. That was really cool. That was a, and, and I, I always thought, you know, we're going to hear the creative uh, stuff that came out of that here in the next year or two, you know, yes, as, as these absolutely. records, yeah, they get made. So that's really cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, once again, um, thanks to the boys for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're new to the show, if you drop by just because you saw the, future islands hashtag or whatever or if you've been a longtime listener we hope you enjoyed that and um you know we may eventually come to be doing uh some spin jamorama more regularly we may not but we wanted to use that because it was a lot of fun and we think it was a good interview as you know just listeners to musicians yeah. talking and whatnot yeah. so maybe, maybe um, we were able to add an angle that you're not going to get from another future yeah. islands interview you know yeah yeah so for better or awesome. worse <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we wish them the best of luck as they uh wrap up their this the, the tour and then launch into the one in europe that'll be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to hearing to them hearing from them about that and we are also looking forward to hearing from you, our listeners. Tell us what you think of this episode. Tell us what you think of the band. Tell us what other bands you like. You can uh, um, tell us whatever, you know, you can tell us your stories here on the podcast, the regular What's Your Weird Story podcast. You can contact us through our Facebook or Instagram or even our Twitter account. You can email us at WYWSPOD at gmail.com that's w-y-w-s pod at gmail.com and yeah we look forward to talking to you and connecting with you and we'll talk about whatever you know and we'll let we love to have you on and talk and hear your stories and you know do that thing we do yeah <laughs> <laughs> Barry, you're supposed to read my mind and know exactly where to go. I love that movie, uh, by the way. That thing you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that uh, that Beatles kind Brilliant. of riff. Yeah. Brilliant, man. Yeah. You know, Tom Hanks, he wrote all that shit, man. That's, yeah, big Beatles fan. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see you next week here on the podcast. We will return. We have some cool stuff we got a couple of short stories and also since it's going to be halloween week we'll be discussing uh some of our favorite scary slash horror slash monster movies uh of my um, some of my favorite some of barry's favorite and some of the favorite of our good friend special correspondent and resident 
uh, Reddit and other social media weirdo, Bobby. And also go check out her music. I is keen. That's yeah. I Y E S K E E N. Also on Spotify. We talked about it not that long ago, but killer uh, cover of uh, Depeche Mode Halo. Yeah, great. That's awesome. Just amazing stuff. Yeah, go check that out. We will see you next week here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Until then, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. Stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.